0: She's like, hmm, I haven't so- had my period for six months, and I look fat. Am mm. I pregnant? <laughs> Let me take this mirror and just check some random stuff out in my hoo-ha. <laughs> and that'll tell me that I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I was going to ask, what what was up with that? From Rosemary's Baby and Regan McNeil, to Jason, Freddy, and Chucky, to Samara, Jigsaw, and Pennywise, we can't get enough. If it's blood-curdling, spine-tingling, breath quickening or soul-stealing, we are ready to watch it. Welcome to Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards. With me tonight are my two co-hosts, Ann Conley. Hey! And Helen Stewart. Hello! All right, tonight we are going to be reviewing the 2018 British-American period horror film, Apostle. Written and directed by Garth Evans and starring Dan Stevens, Lucy Boyton, Mark Lewis Jones, Bill Milner, Christine Forseth, and Michael Sheen. It had its world premiere at Fantastic Fest in September 2018. The film began streaming on Netflix on October 12, 2018. We usually start off with what our expectation was going into watching the movie. I had
0: no expectations to tell you the honest truth. You know, we were looking at different films and with, you know, looking for creative options for, for what to review. And, you know, right, you guys, I think we're kind of chatting this popped up. What I will say is when the film first came on and I saw that it was a Netflix production, I was really excited. I immediately was just thinking, this is going to be really good.
2: I agree with Anne. I was excited because you do see these great productions coming out of the top streaming programs. However, when I read the two sentence description about what the movie was about, (laughs) it's like set in 1905 and a man goes to look for his sister. Where's the horror? (laughs) But I was pleasantly surprised.
1: I'm a fan of period movies. So the 1905 time period I thought was excellent. I am not so much a fan of like The Wicker Man, which they compared this to, but I figured I'd give it a try regardless. So I was excited to watch the movie. All right, well, with that, why don't you roll the trailer?
0: All right, here we go. Trailer time. Action.
1: Thomas, your sister. She's gone. These people, they're blasphemers. A cult. A disease. Bring her home. Name, Thomas Richardson. I dream of a world in which each waking day we rise equal. This island. It's our paradise. We have an intruder on our land.
0: We have to find him.
1: Your eyes. They've seen things. Who
2: are you? He shall be cleansed according
1: to the edict of this land.
0: The promise of the
1: divine is but an illusion. God is pain.
0: God is suffering. Beware false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves.
1: Let us begin. 1905, Thomas Richardson travels to a remote Welsh island to rescue his sister, Jennifer, who has been kidnapped and held for ransom by a mysterious cult. Flashbacks throughout the film reveal Thomas is a former Christian missionary who was persecuted in Peking during the Boxer Rebellion for introducing Christianity to China. Posing as a convert to the cult, Thomas arrives and encounters the leader, Malcolm Howe, who founded the cult with two other convicts, Frank and Quinn. They claim that the previously barren island was rendered fertile through blood sacrifice. Each member of the cult keeps a jar for regular bloodletting. Thomas also discovers teenagers Jeremy and Fionn, son of Frank and daughter Quinn, respectively, sneaking home after a tryst. He forces Jeremy to admit that Jennifer, whom Malcolm is presenting to cult members as a captured spy, was kidnapped for ransom. As the cult does not have the resources to pay for the continuous animal sacrifices needed to maintain the island's fertility.
0: All right, so when the movie began, like you guys were mentioning it being a period piece, I saw just a glimpse of that 1905 before it began, and I was like, oh, cool. Okay, turn of the century, Jack the Ripper. This is cool timing, right? A lot's kind of going on, especially in England at this time. It opens up with the Hogwarts Express. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, cool, we're going back to Hogwarts (laughs) yet again. Um, you know, and and we talked a little bit just about, like, the vistas and the cinematography, and it was a really beautiful setting. I thought the way that it opened up, very calm and picturesque. The thing that immediately from the get-go kind of caught my attention was, uh, you know, Beauty and the Beast. What's, uh, Thomas Richardson, our main actor there, going on, right? Yeah, Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, right, lead of, uh, Downton Abbey, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, <laughs> the notorious husband who said, eh, Downton Abbey, I think I'm just gonna leave you know, the number one global TV show <laughs> halfway through and bail on my pregnant wife. So great job, Dan Richardson. I'm glad you could find some Dan- work after Dance, that. Dan Stevens. Dan, <laughs> Dan Stevens. Whatever. Um, but dude, with the crazy eyes, what was happening? I just felt like he was diseased or something from the get-go. He's like...
1: So that is called Legion disease because Dan Stevens stars in FX's show Legion, but he, he has perfected this sort of crazy face, crazy eyes thing, and he does like it in eyes? this movie. Like the red eyes? Are you
0: talking about the red no, rimmed?
1: No, no, just when he like when he kind of bugs his eyes out and looks around, and
0: he looks manic. I did not like that at all. I thought that was way too much.
2: I was very much a Downton Abbey fan, so I'm missing the crazy eyed version of this man. You know, I'm I'm used to the proper I'm improper and – Right. It minus was, the car accident at the end where he leaves his pregnant wife, but, you know. Right,
0: right. But yeah. it, it was weird, right, to see him kind of as that character and you're like, I get it. You were missing, presumed dead. You've got blood around your fingernails. You've got yeah. some drug issues. I don't know. But you don't need to be, like, looking like you're carnivorous. I thought he was going to, like, werewolf out at some oh, point. okay. I see where you're going. Okay. I, I was just like, what is that – so that I thought was weird. But the whole period thing I thought was cool.
2: I just thought he had some major issues. I don't, it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it creeped me out as much as you, the fingernails, like, were gross. But it, it did seem weird that you see him one second where he's kind of dressed prim and proper, and then the next second he's all hairy, right? Like, didn't he have, like, longer hair? He was all hairy at first, So you are just like, right? okay, then, what's... Yeah, because you had to kind of, like, guess some details in the beginning, because the right. sister's reading the letter, but you don't know who she is at first, and then... Yeah, so know. the
1: opening was a little rushed to me, so... Movie starts out with her narrating her ransom letter, right? Mm-hmm. And then you see him in on the train looking at his locket and then it switches to the their lawyer reading the family lawyer reading the letter and him being sort of like just back from China or wherever he was with the long hair and the beard and his father sitting in the other room sort of right. as a broken man. It's mm-hmm. so like trying to piece all that together. At first I was like, okay, the guy reading the letter now is the father. No, no he's I not thought. the father. Yeah. Okay, what's going on? And at first I couldn't even tell the, the it was Dan Stevens until he mm-hmm. like kind of came around the desk and they shot him at a different angle. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I see, the, I see the crazy eyes. I got it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw the profile and I was like, is that Beast from Beauty and the Beast? Oh, my God, it is. So that was cool because I didn't know that he was in it. And and generally, I like him as an actor. Right. So I was like, oh, okay, Netflix production, check, period piece, check, Beauty and the Beast, check. I was like, this, this is going to be interesting. I thought it was a little confusing, but I was generally able to assemble all the pieces in the beginning. You're like, okay, I don't have any of the backstory, but ransom note, he's got to go get his sister. All right, let's do this thing.
1: Yeah. And then immediately, he's at the docks. Right. <laughs> like with a, with a ticket. And I'm assuming that the ticket was given to the father, you know, to the estate with the ransom letter. I don't understand how he would have the ticket otherwise.
0: They definitely dropped the ball on that a little bit well, because but it, that was not clear.
1: Well, and it's pretty obvious, like, you know, Dan Stevens' character looks over the shoulder, uh, somebody's shoulder at a different ticket and was like, oh, there's no red dot on it. Right. Mine has a red dot. That's probably not a good thing. And it was very like, – immediately the guys on the island aren't, like, the smartest of the bunch, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And then, of course, they pick up the guy's suitcase and they put the chalk X on it. But then I was like, it's 1905. I mean, it's super low tech. You know, for 1905, maybe that was smart.
2: (laughs) I agree with Anne. (laughs) I'm getting some head shakes
0: potentially (laughs) on this one. Yeah, like, I mean, what else could they have done? I, I don't know. Like, put, like, a misspelling on the ticket or something. Like, maybe been, like, a little bit more... But I mean, generally, I was like, okay, and then that's kind of where it helped me put together the pieces of, oh, okay, that's that ticket particularly was with the ransom note. That was the way that they were trying to track this passenger, which, you know, made sense at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, so then it moves to him on the boat, right, and it's storming, and they're going to the island. And then this lamb falls through the falls <laughs> yes, through the roof. I forgot oh about that. Right?
0: I forgot about that and he, too. And he like
1: hugs the lamb, like "Oh, I want to keep you safe." And the guy across the room is like, "Nope, give me the lamb." And slides it down the down the, back uh, of the ship. aisle in the back of the ship and off into the water.
0: Chuck's it right, like yep. breaks the back of the ship.
1: Yep, flies and,
0: off. Yeah, into the water.
1: Yep, and he's like the you know the goddess. She decides we don't intervene. And all I'm thinking is, okay, maybe Thomas Richardson isn't that smart. Because how is he going to infiltrate a cult when he doesn't even know the religion? Right, yeah. You're pretty much going to fail. I don't understand how you think that's going to work at all. Like, if they would have shown him with, like, their holy book, at least I'd be like, okay, this he's done his homework. He's going in prepared. No, no, he's not going in prepared.
0: The other scene in this is, of course, they get to the island, and then they have to go through the newcomer interrogation. And all I could think was, like, oh, shit. You know, gigs up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, that first lady goes up there, and you're like, oh... Okay, he kind of seems like he's listening and paying attention so he can mimic and, you know. But also, you shouldn't be, like, the number two person in line. That was stupid. <laughs> I know. Dummy. Get further back in line. And, you know, she goes up there and gives some, you know, what's your um, sacrifice? And she's like, my blood donation every drop in my body or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm immediately thinking again, oh, crap. This is some specific thing that they have to rehearse and he's going to get totally busted. And the movie totally sidesteps that. Like, he makes it through, like, checking his tongue and face or we, whatever, and, like, he gets up there and he's he's good. Next scene.
1: You know, b- backtracking a step there, I will say the other really beautiful shot in the movie or set of shots in the movie was when the boat was coming up to the island. And then once they were on the island, they were walking on this, I don't know, it was a stretch of, of green land at the top. It was very narrow as they were making their way toward the top of the hill to look down onto the village. I thought that was really well shot and looked beautiful. Much more beautiful, I'd say, than when they got into the village and then it was all kind of grimy and whatever.
2: I have to say I really enjoyed the like the music in this. Every oh. time that they had like some sort of scenario going on, like the music would change. But it really, I thought, went well with whatever scene that they were going the, with.
1: They had huh. something going on with him. And it was like like scratchy-scratchy kind of right. sounding uh, thing going on when he was at first in the in the uh, village kind of walking around at night and stuff. And I thought that was very – I don't know if it was his schizo- – not schizophrenia, but his – kind of manicness to find his sister or his sort of drug habit or whatever was going on, but I appreciated that.
0: Interesting. So I just watched this once this time. I didn't watch it twice, but I didn't didn't outright notice that, but I definitely felt like I felt it.
1: So is it true that the wood that they're getting for all the village houses is coming from shipwrecks? That the goddess is like shipwrecking people? And that's where they're getting this timber because that's pretty much all you – that's like the main activity they do. It's like they're scavenging wood from a ship and then they're kind of replaning it and putting it onto buildings.
2: I can see that because there's a lot of broken down ships, but I didn't put two and two together until you just said something.
1: Yeah. I mean that's kind of what yeah. I got out of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's thinking about way more than I did for sure. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I saw them breaking down like one ship and I was like – Okay, so we don't want people to escape, so we're cutting apart ships to then repurpose the wood. But I mean I didn't really think sort of full loop but they wouldn't cut down the trees because then that would be cutting down the land like the goddess and you don't harm the land as well, theoretically?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just I just put it together because you have them doing that and then you have the small boat that the boy has and you know, they chop some off off of that so he can try to make his door and make you know, the, yeah. the little plaque for his new name for him and his sweetheart.
0: But, like, there were certainly plenty of trees around. So that's right. why I'm saying, you know, maybe they didn't want to cut down the trees because it was part of the goddess of the island. And I mean, sense. it would all make sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah, sure. Also, just separately about the wood, I thought those houses were incredibly run down looking for this, like, being a relatively new town.
1: I was... I Actually, it's funny you would say that because I watched it twice. And on the second uh, run through, I did think the same thing. I was like... All these old timey towns have to look old timey, even when they're not, even when in that period they would, you know, have been, it would have been new wood. It's kind of like when you see the pyramids and all these things, and they still look run down back in a, you know, back in ancient Egypt in that time period, they still look run down. They didn't look like that back then. They were like plastered and white and beautiful.
0: I don't know, but, you know, maybe to your point, if they're, like, upcycling the wood, maybe it would look like crap, and it would be, like, old boats with (laughs) feeling paint. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, at least
1: that's more acceptable in this circumstance than, like, a brand new town. They're cutting out a brand new wood, and it looks like crap.
0: (laughs) Can I just say, I mean, watching the movie, by no means did my brain go to this extent to try and put these pieces together. (laughs) I mean, we're kind of, like, solving it on the fly right here, but you're watching, you're kind of like... Okay, they're cutting a ship apart. Yeah, okay. All right, you're going to burn that? I don't know. You don't want people to escape? Okay.
1: Yeah, so he goes, in, he's in his room, and they give him that jar, right? Mm-hmm. And he discovers that, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but the things in his room, He they have the key that has the... I guess the spike on it, the right. thorn—I don't know what you mm-hmm. would call it. Which I don't know why you wouldn't notice that as soon as you got the key. I don't know why it took you get spiking your right. thumb, to, finger to figure it out. A lot of blood that came out of that finger, by the way, for like <laughs> one little poke.
0: Hands bleed a lot, man. I
1: don't—not like a splash. I think splashed. I don't know. I mean, but
2: I don't know how deep the wound was, but.
1: Yeah, but, but anyway, so...
2: <laughs> also <laughs> ever, did enough
0: for the effect of it going through yeah, the floorboards. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and and also everybody's wounds apparently miraculously heal within five minutes on this island.
1: Yeah, I, w- I was wondering how he was going to handle, like, the hammer the next day, because I'm like,
0: man, your, thumb, your finger would hurt. Nah, yeah, it's fine.
1: Yeah, well, then he, he, of course, takes the his jar and, like, fills half fills his with somebody else's blood mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get around it. But I did like how... I appreciated how the blood is, like, on the floorboard, and then, like, I guess the... The woman's like sucking the blood like down through the crack in the floorboard, which is actually pretty scary for the the first to me the first scare of the movie.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a cool effect too. You're kind of like, ooh, how they do that? Um, I, it looked like almost like maybe they used a fan or something like to blow it. Really yeah, I was going to
1: say it's like a dustbuster on reverse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think they call that a fan. Yeah, <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, same idea. Also, I was laughing with the with the blood jar because I was like, oh, 100%. I totally steal somebody else's blood and just dump it in my jar. <laughs> but then he filled that thing and that, that was like three inches deep. And I said, is that half the blood that that other person gave? You better go check on them. Right. They probably passed out in that other room. These people were giving lots of blood. And then you're like, are they giving that every single day? Good grief. And then I was wondering why I hadn't clotted.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like, many questions. Why is it such fresh? I did think that when you're looking at the woman through the floorboards that you're at that point thinking, okay, what is going on here? I see a little bit of horror, but I still don't understand what is the point of that person.
1: Yeah, up until that moment – actually, the moment right before that where you see her down the hall is actually the first thing. But then that moment was the only moment where I thought maybe there is supernatural. I wasn't even sure there was going to be any supernatural aspect to this movie at all. I thought it was going to be purely like crazy cult. Right. You know, cult leader – trying to get off the island without getting caught and killed
0: Mm -hmm. i feel like the only scary scene that might have been actually right before the two of those was when you see the wife gouging her arm and she's bloodletting it all of a sudden right he's peeking through the window and seeing this which at first looked like a very intimate scene Mm -hmm. and then she like cuts her arm wide open lets out all this blood and you're just like what the, what? Like, we knew something weird was going on here, but now, like, we are cutting ourselves and putting it into a jar, and, you know, the daughters in the back and, like, you know, this little seven-year-old girl or whatnot is just like, nope, 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 not me. But, you know, then in hindsight, you look back and you're like, but if that was ritualistic, like, first of all, your arm would never be healed, which was kind of gross and dirty by itself, and, you know, you're lucky y'all didn't die from some other disease that way. But also the daughter would probably be like a little bit more desensitized to it. Or I just thought all that was like, it was like sort of shock value at that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But doesn't actually make sense in hindsight.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, either that or it's like something they don't do all the time. They just do when they bring new people on or something like that. I don't know.
0: I'm cool if like I even synced it to like moon phases or something like that would have been cool. But right. not so much.
1: The one other part I think is well, I, kind of funny. One of the few... I think genuine funny moments in the movie and I don't know if you guys caught this or thought it was funny is when they when he's coming up to um get checked out by the doctor before that they're walking through the town and he's walking with Jeremy I think the boy mm-hmm. and the girl um Fion what's her name Fian, Fion. Fian, she comes out and she's looking at Jeremy giving him his eyes but uh thomas is standing between them and for a moment it looks like thomas is like hey baby I oh, know. Oh, oh, oh you're, you're <laughs> I talking you're talking that. to that guy sorry about that
0: <laughs> i feel like he didn't get it i thought he was like you look at me you look at me like i don't i i didn't realize that he had made the connection that oh she was actually looking at jeremy but you are kind of looking at like which one is she looking yeah at, at
1: first sure yeah at first yeah you don't know
0: and you're like it's not the manic werewolf i'm pretty sure <laughs> <laughs> i thought she was pregnant there well, so, she, I'm sure she was. She just looked like when you
2: looked at her dress, like I thought like it was some weird, creepy, we, like older men make the, or the, the, the island leaders would make the younger girls pregnant. Uh, so, oh, but
0: then
1: I think it was just it was... the angle. I see. No, yeah. but she was
0: already but pregnant. But she
2: was there. pregnant, but we didn't know. Right, yeah. So I just right. thought she was very pregnant.
0: She's like, hmm, I haven't so, had my period for six months and I look fat. Am mm. I pregnant? <laughs> Let me take this mirror and just check some random stuff out in my hoo ha. <laughs> and that'll tell me that I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I was going to ask, what what was up with that?
0: What was she looking there, at? Was, Are there there head s- poking yeah, out? was there any. Yeah, was <laughs> there any. I know it's crowning already. <laughs>
1: yeah. Was there any signs to what she was doing?
0: oh no that didn't make any sense i don't know who <laughs> thought that was a great scene and like at on one end i was like oh she's exploring her sexuality which i thought was actually cool like i thought that actually made sense that she was like oh you know another deviant teen that didn't make any sense in the cult and then later she's like oh but i'm pregnant and you're like Oh, so you were looking at the fetus.
2: (laughs) That's what you were doing. And the creepy dad peeking in. I thought he was just a pervert. It was so not clear at first.
0: Well, well,
1: he kind of was. Like, there was a weird sort of relationship between him and his daughter. Um, That's true. And I do think that, like, he made a mistake. Like, if you are peeking through the door and you step on the board and it creaks and you put your hand up, like you don't turn around and walk away like you weren't there. You go, oh hey, I sorry, I I would have I, yeah. to use the bathroom. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> okay, I come back later. Oops, like, sorry, like, I wasn't
0: checking out you, checking out your hoo ha. Yeah, you just pretend. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm, no, assu- I'm assuming I'm assuming there's some sort of like old wives' thing there from back in the day that we modern people just know is BS now, but they used to believe back then that they could check themselves out somehow. I'm gonna go with that. I don't know why anybody would make that up whole cloth for this right. movie.
2: I also, like, with that being – like, that information being given to her from Andrea, I thought Andrea was totally a prostitute and had gone through this a couple times, but come to find out, I guess her uncle was just a doctor. Yeah, let's let's talk about (laughs) – i had andrea prostitute crossed out yeah. no she's just a daughter of the prophet <laughs> just yeah. kidding
0: all red-haired uh your ruby lipped chicks are, are shockingly not prostitutes in all movies yeah but all
1: what movies. but what's the deal with that like all these period movies i see all have this like irish redhead like green-eyed very Slut. very pale and, and clean <laughs> But very, like, clean compared to everybody else. She's, like, the beauty.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, a
1: lot of these movies have this, I don't know, archetype or whatever woman. she's the heroine, essentially, give or take, right, of the movie. Was she? I guess, yeah.
2: I mean,
0: she was the nice one. She survived. I mean, she was (laughs) trying to be nice and give the the sister food. Check and check. Apparently, (laughs) survived and (laughs) being nice makes you guess the heroine. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) I guess. I don't know.
1: So next, after the next morning or whatever, they go to church,
0: Mm -hmm. right? He goes
1: to church and that's where you meet Malcolm and you learn about Frank and Quinn and all that, all that stuff. But I have a question here. So they have a holy book that's like the size of the Bible.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: How long have they been on this island? I, I didn't get... I mean, obviously, it must have been there for years, but it just doesn't seem like it's that long when you see them in their flashback. Like, it's almost like five years ago, they kind of came to this island, and now they have this town. But it, are we to assume that it's been so long that the the daughter wasn't born, that she had been born there, or that she was very young when she was brought there? I mean, the mothers don't seem to have a place in the movie for the main guys. Like, they just have their, their kids, right? I mean, Frank has Jeremy queen has um fionn and malcolm has andrea right
0: where right. are the mothers that's a good point. Well, that's
1: a question i don't know i don't know what happened there yeah
0: so it andrea's like, died in childbirth that's the only one right? i have we heard that's, of that's for true short. that's true hers supposedly. died in childbirth yeah yeah supposedly. Right, supposedly and then the three you know brothers or whatever were the ones that found and arrived at the island right so i mean yeah, women I, really weren't part of the equation
1: and I got an impression they weren't actual brothers, right? They're not no, blood yeah. brothers. They're just, they're brothers yes. in sort of finding the island. Brotherhood. And, and convict brothers. So yeah,
2: like I read something really briefly as I was trying to find fun facts, but failed on this one, <laughs> that they were castaways from England because they would not participate in the war. Whatever war it was, I don't know if it was the, well, the boxer war.
1: Well, England has a lot of wars going yeah, on Yeah, there's at this so, point, many wars, so, so many wars. So little time. Yep, so little time.
2: So. <laughs> so many convicts that need to get, you know tossed off the
1: island. Yeah, so so what I noticed the second time watching it is is that not only do they have a a huge holy book, they have, like, fully formed hymns and, like, religious... Like, all that stuff's, like, set. Like, they must have literally been there for, you know, ten... 15 years? They got know.
0: lots of time on the island. What else they got? You didn't see that they got the Guggenheim press in the back. Well, I was going to say, how they get
1: all these nice gold-leafed uh, books that they have. Maybe what, they what? should have used some of that money to pay for some animals.
0: <laughs> were they gold-leafed? I
2: did not notice and that. And on the
1: edges, they look gold, right?
2: Yeah, they said that at one point, I guess when maybe when they first arrived on the island, that they had that really big good crop. So maybe they were selling stuff at that point and were able to make money. And then they were able to make their Malcolm Profit book.
1: Alright, Malcolm suspects an infiltrator among the newcomers and questions them. One of the men attempts to assassinate Malcolm, but Thomas intervenes. The assassin, who is revealed to have been sent by the king, fails to kill his target, but uses his last breath to promise that an awful fate awaits the island. Thomas suffers a wound during the ordeal, but Malcolm promptly has him treated and promises that his loyalty will be rewarded.
2: I felt that this was a very anxious moment for me because it goes back to what Anne was saying at the beginning where, you know, he's second in line and they're asking all these questions and you think he's going to fail. And in this case, they're actually asking specific religiously um, related type questions and they're going one by one to follow the, through the passage. And you're like, oh, God, he's going to fail. Yeah. And then the guy right next to him happens to be the one who's
0: trying to kill the the prophet guy. I liked it when you saw the guy next to him whip out that blade and you were like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Okay. So like double good because we're going to get some carnage and, you know, Beauty and the Beast is going to be saved from being exposed. (laughs) I I thought
2: his death was pretty cool.
0: Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Go
2: for it. (laughs) Like the next thing you know, all these little pokey thingies come, he gets impaled with them.
0: What do we want to call them? I don't even know. Spears. Spears. (laughs) Oh, man. I got the word impaled right. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Okay, so this was really the scene for me in the movie where I started going, okay, what's going on with this movie? Because we have that really slow burn, which is nice going through the guys and leading up to that guy pulling out his blade and going for it. And then all of a sudden, right, he goes to attack the prophet And the crazy dude with spears, and you get this weird special effect of the spear going through the guy's face, right? With like very, and and usually like fake CGI doesn't usually bother me that much, Um, but this to me just looks so incredibly fake and awkward how he was basically like shish kebabbed from like 20 different directions. (laughs) And then I, on some level, appreciated that he continued to survive because that's always one of those things in horror movies that annoy you that- suddenly like somebody's basically jabbed in the shoulder and then they're dead on the floor type of thing. You know, this guy's had, gets multiple wounds in various parts of his body and he's still alive and breathing enough to a- attempt to like hold the knife and kind of you know get Malcolm a little bit further. but I just felt like I, I don't know there's something about that just didn't quite pay it all off for me. I don't know.
1: So I appreciate that he didn't die immediately, but they took it a step too far where there is a spear sticking through his chest. Like, through his lung and or his heart. And he's still able to, like, speak clearly and forcefully. Like, I think he just would have been gurgling <laughs> at that point. I don't yeah. think there would have been a lot of speaking going on.
0: I mean, we don't know. That's what movies have taught us. You know, none of us are registered medical physicians. But... Right,
2: no. We're
1: no, not. but he, he he does this big, like, spit of blood. Like, two of them. And then he's like, I'm cool. But well, now I can just get my soliloquy.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought he kind of was like... Ugh a little bit with yeah. his voice like yeah, i'm know. gonna get to you regardless yeah. of my 50 wounds yeah i no? guess
1: but not not enough for me not enough with this big piece <laughs> of wood sticking out of his chest i don't know
2: i i guess i was like finally we're getting somewhere
1: oh no i agree there was a little bit of yeah. action right it was real slow up burn up to that point right. which i appreciate but like i can only take dan steven's crazy eyes for so long <laughs> as the only thing going on i
2: think part of what i wish that they had done more of and i know this was already a long movie to begin with was like Even though it was a slow burn, I would have liked to have known more about the town as he went through that one night and more about the difference between the three guys because you really got more of the Malcolm prophet, but I didn't get who Quinn or Frank, I think it was Frank who was the Mm -hmm. other dad, what their roles were. and Roles? Roles were. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, I like a slow burn movie as well, and for me, it actually went too fast. The, you know, the beginning was nice and slow, and okay, you know, for some people that might be a little boring, but I agree, you just think not get enough of the backstory. I also like the mystery, you know, sort of the looking around and trying to get all the puzzle pieces, and to your point, right, what what what's the layout of the town? He makes the map a little bit, you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: but he makes the map, and then all he has to do is put a circle on one building. Like, that's all he does with the map. Like, the map doesn't serve <laughs> that, a purpose. He, he, that you one. You know what I mean? Right that one right there. there. Like, I need to write this big map so I can put one dot on it. I got... oh, and, but there and actually, could actually been future uses <laughs> and, for and it. And I can actually see that building from my
0: window. Yes, it's right there. Yes. In, in fact, it's 20 feet away. <laughs> yeah. Um, But there could have been future uses as he was mapping at yeah, I mean, it. I mean, did, it, yeah. it didn't play out for sure. It was so awkward.
1: So, on your point, Helen, I believe that this scene where he saves Malcolm and then... He gets stitched up and Malcolm's like, all right, brother, we're like blood brothers now. We're good to go. I think there's a seam in the movie there. You can tell that there was probably a longer cut of this movie where there were more scenes with him and Malcolm sort of buddying it up and him becoming more of accepted before then he's discovered. Because almost immediately after this, because I think the scene where he's on the table getting sewn up is where Malcolm and I believe it's Quinn have the conversation about, well, you know, we still have to find right. the infiltrator. We've and then to
0: flush him out. We have
1: to flush him out. And then it's like, we're going to have a celebration. And the next night, it's like, we're having a celebration. And that's when they discover him. So it's so quick. I mean, he doesn't even really interact with anybody in the town. Which is, I was like, who's the interloper? The guy nobody knows. Right. Like, it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Except for Andrea.
0: Yeah. Who's the interloper? Mm, the guy that doesn't know anything about the religion is the last one to show up to church. And work. Um, yeah. Doesn't know. Yeah. doesn't Doesn't go to work. Um, And then, yeah, I agree. The whole, like, I owe you a blood debt, that's a big statement. Like, you can't put something like that in a movie and not pay that off. You know, I owe you a blood debt, I owe you my life type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then they have the perfect opportunity where he's, you know, later jumping ahead, needs to cut his throat, right, slit his throat. And you get the impression that that doesn't matter. There's nothing about the blood debt there. It's just like, again, he doesn't want to cut his throat in front of the daughter, Or it's just not in his character to murder him.
1: Yeah. I think both of those things are right. The same night, Malcolm parades Jennifer through the village, claiming she is a traitor and will be killed if her co-conspirator does not come forward. Thomas accesses a tunnel underneath Malcolm's house and flees from an old woman who chases him. He escapes to a beach cave covered in markings, indicating the presence of a deity on the island. Malcolm visits a barn where the old woman, the goddess, is imprisoned in tree roots. He reprimands her for appearing to Thomas, presumably as an apparition. He feeds his blood to the goddess, which causes the vines surrounding her to bloom. Alright, so let's talk a little bit about Jennifer, since she's the whole reason this movie exists.
0: Alright, first of all, the fact that her name's Jennifer took me right out of this. I know me yeah. too. What the heck? I'm like, are we now in like babies like Adventures and Babysitting is what it felt like to me. Like, <laughs> you've got this awesome period piece and you got this chick named Jennifer. Thanks. I didn't think Andrea was really all that much
2: of a period name either, but maybe I didn't research on that.
0: Yeah, you got Fion. Right. I mean, that's a cool, badass name. I've never heard of that. It sounds like a Viking. Like, let's Two get some Two F's in cool. according to Wiki. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and the subtitles that we were watching, absolutely. But no, I, I... No, I hated it. I was like, couldn't you have just given her... Call her Charlotte. Name her after one of their, like, Bronte sisters or something. So that was <laughs> obnoxious.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
0: She was also very dirty. Yeah, she was, like, <laughs>
1: the... the, the yeah, she was the dirtiest person in this movie. She was the dirtiest I, ex- person ex- exce- in this movie. Except for the grinder who was who was oh, dirtier. Yeah, that guy was really gross. So he was grosser. But yeah, she was pretty she was pretty messed up. So what did you think about her relationship with Thomas? Because I kind of didn't necessarily buy it. Um I mean, obviously they're brother and sister, but like they really tried to put this like when I was in China they took everything from me but you like, really? I don't know. I, I didn't buy that whole thing.
0: I mean, that was so much later in the movie, but I I agree. I just didn't think that, you know, you hadn't seen any of their relationship. Yeah. But I actually liked his reaction and acting throughout the movie to her potentially being tortured and mistreated. And he's, you know, struggling with this. He wants to help her but not expose himself in that scene, right? And then they go in to cut her and they just cut her hair. Which also, I was like, they're going to cut off her ear. Mm-hmm. Because also, they don't care. And they're like eating babies and shit like that. So they're just going to, you know, maim her. Who's eating babies? Like the whole mo- They're crazy. They're doing all the <laughs> sacrificing, the blood sacrificing. And, well, that's not
1: eating babies.
0: Well, the, and they're feeding them to the goddess and whatnot. Well,
1: she's eating babies, maybe. Well, they're maybe.
0: force feeding her with whatever. Regardless. They don't have <laughs> a problem killing people. I'll give you that. <laughs> and... um. Yeah, so back to the brother-sister relationship. I actually, up until that weird hollow, they took everything from me except for you, Jennifer. You know, that was weird. But I actually love the fact that he was really protective of her and really seemed to care about her and genuinely wanted to rescue her and get her out of that place.
2: Going back with what you were saying, when Andrea says, your eyes, like, your eyes look like, – I thought he she was going to say, I've seen, like, those eyes before, going back to the sister, mm-hmm. and link it. Yeah. She didn't. It was just that – his eyes have seen history.
0: I thought the same thing. Crazy, crazy eyes. And then I was like, <laughs> "Or he's a werewolf." <laughs> I was like, "He's gonna werewolf out." Or something. Yeah, no, I, I like that scene generally um, about the you know your eyes have seen things because you're like, okay, finally, so he's not just like bugging out like it's bad acting, like he's doing it on purpose, like it's relevant to the plot.
1: Is that that's when they're at the festival, right? Mm-hmm. And she's like flirting with him and putting his hand on her hip and yeah. getting a little frisky getting a little frisky yeah
0: yeah well she's an Irish whore so you know well I mean pretty much she's gotta do that but it seems
1: like pretty much everyone (laughs) on this island is sex starved in one way or another like the father Quinn is like looking at his own daughter and there's a lot of weird stuff going on
2: and there's really not much to look at there except for you know Andrea for men, and
0: yeah. He was like 17. Yeah. And then like the guy, the oh. guy she was dating wasn't really Jeremy. Nah. I got like a lot of village vibes from this. Did you right. guys get yes. like a, yeah. Yeah. the village? I was so, like, all right. So
1: a j- j- little, little quick fact. So Fionn, uh, the actress that plays her was born in 1996, by the way. Okay. just for
0: Well, she was young. Yeah, I'm just saying.
1: Just for your information.
0: Yeah, well, we're old. What do you want?
1: I know, I know. <laughs> all, right. All, right. all right. That makes all right. her
0: like 20, yeah. by the way.
1: All right, so so let's talk about (laughs) Thomas goes underneath the house to this secret tunnel, which isn't actually that secret because there's like a chimney that goes underneath the guy's house into the ground. And he and Jeremy, you know, basically dig out the uh, bricks so that he can get in literally a stone's throw away from the festival. All this is happening. Anybody who happens to like, oh, I got to tie my shoe and like look down like, hey, there's a guy down there like digging up bricks underneath the house crazy and then malcolm of course and quinn are in his room tussle in his room and they find the map and then they're like they look right out the window and they see his lamp underneath, <laughs> the,
0: underneath the house the 20 feet away yeah, 20 feet,
1: like frank and frank runs and then they have time to like dan stevens has time to get in the 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 hole and the kid has time to like Break brick, it brick up, up the thing back up and then finally his dad shows up and pulls him out and says get, get out of here
0: Yeah, the timing was really poor on that. I agree, because literally the building's like 20 feet away. To your point, they see the lantern. It's not even... (laughs) <laughs> it's not even like oh crap they circle the house and get to the house and they have to run across the village I mean they can literally like see their legs sticking out like and then the fact that they call to the guy right and, yeah it takes them that long to get over there I was like even when he was getting in there into the hole Dan Stevens I was like oh he's gonna get so busted he's gonna get busted I mean just like every second I was like they're gonna get him they're gonna get him and then you see him brick 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 <laughs> brick Brick, and you're just like, oh, yeah, okay. I don't, I don't know. He got lost apparently, crossing, uh you know, the, the dance <laughs> on his way over. um But I mean, it was cool. Actually, I like that. Of course, the dad finds the son, which I didn't realize that they were father and son right until that scene. So there were a lot of loose strands that they just weren't methodical in informing you that I think could have paid off a little bit better, right? You're just kind of piecing it together as you go.
1: Yeah, I would say on the second viewing, Frank and Quinn's character arcs make much more sense as you're watching the movie. Like, you can see Quinn is nuts at the beginning, all the way through. You can see him kind of getting ready to take over Mm -hmm. in his interactions with Malcolm throughout. And I got some of that on the first, you know, run through. But understanding where he ends up really lets you come back and and watch the movie and appreciate his character more. But they didn't do a very good job of, of letting you understand it the first time. Which I think was partially what they were trying to do because they wanted it to be a bit of a surprise, I think. Mm -hmm. But
0: I was surprised. Watching the trailer, which, by the way, we didn't talk about the trailer, but that literally shows you the entire movie. So if anybody's interested in watching this movie, just don't watch the trailer. It'll (laughs) ruin the whole thing for you. Um, But in that trailer on second watching, you know, you also see, uh, I guess it's Quinn, like kind of sarcastically slow clapping Malcolm at the church, which I didn't pick up before. Like, almost like a really dramatic eye roll and and clapping. So, yeah, to your point, probably a lot more little nuggets you can pick up on a second viewing.
1: All right, so he's down in the tunnels. He's heading towards the barn, right? And then I think the three men do a smart thing, mm-hmm. right? So Frank goes under, not Quinn, because Malcolm wants him not dead. He wants him mm-hmm. to, to be questioned, he ultimately wants to get the ransom. And then uh, Malcolm gets on a horse and rides out to the barn so that they can they can trap him and then there's this really long scene with like the lanterns through the through the floor the floorboards of the of the escape hatch there and malcolm's going to shoot him but he doesn't know and anyway uh thomas sneaks under the i guess his river of blood I'm going to assume it is. And
0: guts, apparently. And whatever, like, bones and, and stuff. And half-dead chickens. Is, yeah.
1: it, is it like her GI tract or something like that? Like uh, the island's GI tract? I couldn't figure out exactly her, yeah. what was going on there. But yeah, so... He gets underneath there, and I actually think it's pretty smart. Like, he kind of feels his feels underneath first to see if there's, like, room to breathe yeah. before he goes. I thought it was a pretty smart little thing they yeah. put in there. Yeah. But then he gets in there, and he's, like, shimmying his way through. And there's, Ooh. like, this bird or something mm-hmm. that's, like, still alive. And then it, like, gets sucked under the water. And then, like, the old lady's head comes up. Yeah. And you're, like, ho, 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 here. It's, it's going now, <laughs> yes. you know?
0: No, I was just going to say totally. I mean, he gets under there and you're like, river of blood? Yep, here we go. And then when the lady appears, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, this movie has just been all over the place. And now we have some random woman coming out of a river of blood. The one thing, you know, that annoyed me about the way that this was shot is that he has you know two inches of space in which he can breathe but somehow there's enough room for the entire torso of the woman to come out of the blood (laughs) and run through the cave after him
1: right she's some sort of apparition i guess really so she just shrunk herself down a little bit so she looks like she's scaled correctly (laughs) i don't know i don't know
0: so that was ridiculous like that was sort of poorly i think how they put that together they could have kept the blood level just at the top of her eyes and he could have right. been chasing her. And that would have been terrifying as well. And so then he's moving backwards and struggling to, which I thought was very realistic. Because in that situation, you kind of do very nonsensical things. Like, you don't turn around and, like, swim through the blood as fast as possible. Like, you're just backpedaling and trying to, like, you know, keep oxygen. So, and then, but I liked it when he got to the cave with uh, hieroglyphs. I thought that was actually really cool. I enjoyed that.
1: You, so, at the very end when he gets out... And he's out of the the river. He has he has the and Steven's crazy eyes and the blood face. And I'm like, this dude could play Ash Williams in a remake of Evil Dead because he <laughs> looks crazy, just like Ash does.
0: Ray, so could you if we doused you in blood and gave you crazy eyes? I could
1: do crazy eyes, no problem.
0: Although, and then just one other small thing that actually did annoy me in the cave is that he gets a trickle of water. Puts like three trickles in it, and then he's clean. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What yeah. the heck, Netflix? Can you go? By? I mean, really, this is one of those where suddenly I'm just like, like I started laughing in this movie because it was just like so ridiculous in <laughs> places. Yeah.
1: Somehow he washes off with three drops, but the grinder, his whole torso is covered in blood continuously forever.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the the scene with Thomas, who was like covered in blood, and then we see the grinder, and I was like, are they the same person somehow? Because of the, I don't know, nobody else picked up on that? No. Okay, I just was looking at him thinking this is, the the grinder guy was just so bizarre and he was covered in blood and like Thomas was always dirty or covered in blood and I thought they were somehow going to be the same person and he just had the mask over his so head. we never really saw who the grinder was, right?
1: No, he apparently, yeah, I mean, was he a real person? Was he someone from the village? Like he's proportioned strangely, like really long arms, right. really tall and he has like whatever, I'm going to call it a beehive on his head mm-hmm. or thatch. <laughs>
0: it's thing. like a thing sack? wicker
1: wicker Wh- yeah, was was like a wicker
0: yeah, like wicker. a wicker basket yeah i can <laughs> yeah i am just going to say it i hated that i thought that was stupid i thought that guy was stupid i didn't think make it made any sense i was like to your point like where is he why is he how is he created why is he the slave why do they even need him they didn't need him i thought he totally took everything like out of the idea that there was a goddess that was actually intrinsically tied to the island and that these guys are running around trying to do their things and serve the goddess, meanwhile manipulating the goddess. I think that plot is cool and works by itself. But then you've got this random, you know, torture freak over there roaming around. And I was just like, this movie is all over (laughs) the place. I don't get it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I think he was the biggest misstep in the movie because it didn't really make any sense at all.
2: I mean, he was creepy.
1: It was creepy, sure. <laughs> he added I, to that. But yeah, I don't know. I think
2: they probably were thinking, I don't, we don't have enough of that. I, which it, maybe, I, I mean, I felt like yeah. they could have just stuck with what they had.
1: Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, I think he was put in there so that to serve a purpose, the sort of creep purpose, the sort of, you know, torture porn purpose that you get in the third act. It allows, it's like he's like the enforcer, which allows him to be very viscerally, viscerally viral, uh, viscerally?
0: violent, viscerally violent.
1: <laughs> yeah, viscerally violent. And, uh, and I understand why he's there, but they just do no backstory for him and he makes no sense. He's just creepy.
0: It's like we took a little bit of 13 ghosts and then just threw it in here. And I was just like, but why? You know?
1: He's in the cave the next morning right? he's looking at all the little hieroglyphs in the story, which I kind of understood, didn't understand. Uh, and then Andrea comes walking in. Like, hey, I know where you are, <laughs> and I know about this place. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Here's more, here's clothes for you. Change your clothes. Ch- change. We're, let's get going. Like, I didn't understand. That, that didn't make any sense to me either.
0: No, I totally agree. I mean, I, to your point, Ray, they were the men were being really smart, trying to flush him out, which I thought was like, oh yeah, you know, person at point A, person at point B, will will flush him out. Um, and then exactly, it's sort of like Andrea was smart enough to figure out where he came out. And everybody knows about these hieroglyphs and that I'm sure this cave is a sacred place. Nobody was looking for you all night long like they got so far and they were like, oh, I'll pick this up in the morning. Like it was just very weird, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would expect that they would understand there was the blood river because they walk over it. And there's nowhere he could have gone except for in the river. So I would have followed it, right?
0: So, you know, she's going to take him, well, she takes him to the safe spot, the safe hut in the field.
1: Yeah, let's talk about the safe hut, the uh, reed, the reed village or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, so I'm assuming, I'm going to read into this a lot. So I'm assuming. You're reading that into the reeds. I'm reading into the reeds. So <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to assume that this was some sort of like childhood spot for her oh. and Jeremy. Because he runs there. And he calls her name before he gets out and sees her. I mean, he's expecting her to be there right. for some reason. That's true. So once again, here's a scene in the movie where I think there was more plot that they cut out that mm-hmm. explained what this place was and potentially explained that she was going to find him. And Jeremy understood that. So when he ran later on, he's running to her knowing she's going to be there.
0: Yeah, that's fair because that definitely confused me. I mean, first of all, the the fact that they had this sort of thatched hut in the middle of, right, the field, you're, I mean, we, you don't see it long enough to even really be able to understand what it is other than sort of some temporary structure. And also all that stuff to me, I, I just was thinking it's biodegradable. So literally one season and it's all shredded. So I thought it was just some temporary farming shelter. I mean, it is kind of like a fort. So to your point, maybe it's some childhood location, but When Jeremy does come in running through, I was confused by that, that he shouts her name and, like, how would he know that she was there or why? So, yeah, maybe that's a good, you know, made-up backstory. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I mean, again, though, I feel like we're going to lengths to make this movie make sense. (laughs) That's true. Right? It's probably just the basics. We're creating literal relationships and backstories for these characters, which were not in the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think the movie doesn't doesn't make sense, but I think that if you think about it too hard, there's there's holes there that you have to plug to make it fully make sense. All right, uh, Fion and Jeremy meet in her home where she reveals that she is pregnant, and the pair decide to elope. Jeremy briefly leaves and returns to find that Quinn has discovered their plan and murdered Fion in a rage. Quinn frames Jeremy for the murder and uses a purification ritual to torture and murder him with a hand crank drill while watched by the other cult members, including Thomas and Malcolm's daughter, Andrea, who objects to this. When Malcolm and Frank return and challenge him, Quinn declares that Malcolm is a false prophet and demands that he prove himself by killing Thomas. Frank, enraged by the death of his son, attacks Quinn, allowing Thomas to escape. All right, so this is where the movie sort of starts to fall down for me a lot. So why would Andrea, and specifically Thomas, follow Jeremy and the enforcers back to the village where Thomas knows they're just going to take him into custody which is exactly what happens.
2: So I thought that they kind of started to take him to custody at the the field. I Am don't wrong? think that, I don't they think didn't that they did. Grab they, him?
1: No, they they no. basically they pushed him off like hey, we're here to get oh. Jeremy, he needs to be purified and they picked Jeremy up right and they like carry him.
2: I guess in my head I just made that make sense. <laughs>
1: yeah i I mean i mean it would have made sense if they'd have grabbed him too they're
0: like oh you're here let's get you as well no he just follows them he
1: follows them he follows andrea back who's going back to try to save jeremy
0: they should have grabbed all three of them because andrea is a co-conspirator at that point correct it was weird
1: let's back up real quick to when Fionn and her father have their final confrontation in his house which is pretty tense oh I man
0: thought. yeah i i actually okay, okay you know the next scene where we get into the torture porn it, i hated like all that but i thought that scene in the house like despite it getting violent and of course her being killed you know with child generally that's the kind of psychotic moment that you're looking for in a movie like this yeah so i
1: wasn't sure so with quinn up to the point where you see that he murdered her i could kind of understand where he was coming from in some way because he To me, he was saying, you're pregnant with what's going to be a deformed, you know, baby who's not going to live because nothing here lives with the lamb when the when the sheep had the malformed lamb, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm assuming that's what he's thinking. But then he's also thinking she's my daughter and she's mine. And this other guy kind of cut in on my territory, I think. Like, there's some weirdness there to me.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I I just felt kind of sad, too, because I kind of thought that the one nice thing about this movie was that you had that relationship between Jeremy and Fiona. Yeah. And then, you know, you're kind of rooting for them the whole time because he's making this cute little thing to put over top their door that says hope, I believe. Yeah. And then this happens, and then you're just kind of like –
0: Oh, no, I guess that there goes there goes the happy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's like the star-crossed lovers ultimately meet their fate, which again was another. I thought that generally speaking, that worked. It, it seemed a little formulaic to me. It seemed a little bit exactly to your point that you've got the two; they're the only bit of hope in this movie type of thing, and then they're both killed off. But also, this scene presented another timing issue for me. So Jeremy was there, and then he leaves to go get the sign, right, runs back to go get the hope sign. And I don't know where you're running to, Jeremy, that it takes you that <laughs> yeah. long to go get that sign. Maybe you had to root around, you misplace it, and then you finally get back, and the whole kerfuffle is over, and she's already dead on the floor. Right. Although his reaction was really good, I thought.
1: You will, well, to the point of her murder. Everyone in the village would have heard Mm -hmm. them screaming at each other, him throwing her around, and then killing her. Her screaming
0: bloody murder. Yeah,
1: like literally before the boy ever made it back to the house.
0: Yeah, and again, 20 feet away from the the houses next to it on either side, all the people walking through
1: the street. And the dude on the tower, whose only job is to stand up there and like, I don't know, look at stuff and
2: listen. Sound the alarm. Yeah. Again, it's a cult, though. So anybody who's in that cult and he's a leader, they're probably thinking, I'm not going against that crazy no, guy. And,
1: that, and that's true. I think that probably would was, was it. But I appreciated the fact that this is the moment where Quinn kind of goes full tilt, right? He goes nuts. He kills his daughter. And then I appreciate that Jeremy got a pretty good fight out of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there was a yeah. big tussle there. And even though Quinn's a big guy, like, he was trying to cut his throat and did a pretty good job.
0: I yeah. thought for sure, you know, Jeremy was basically going to be face-planted in about 0. 0.5 seconds in that fight. <laughs> and he did. It was nice to see him get some jabs in, throw him around, and 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 cut him up a little bit. So, so
1: And I appreciate you. It's probably, I don't want to say it's the, one of the most realistic depictions, but it is a good depiction of how having a weapon... Evens the odds there. Like that guy's a big guy, but he was just sl- slashing his legs, slashing his arms. Like you can't, your size can't come at that guy, you know, in the same way you can if he didn't have a weapon. Then Quinn wusses out and blames Jeremy.
0: Oh man. That was that, awful. That was awful. You know, he killed Fionn and yeah, that was, that was awful. You're just like, wait, what is that? Okay. And then fast forward to the whole, you know, torture scene the other thing that really drove me nuts was that nobody was talking about anything. So, again, you've got Jeremy, and he's not saying, I didn't kill her. She's the love of my life. He killed her. He killed her. He killed her. I walked in, and she was dead. You know, and clearly they don't have due process, which, again, it's a cult. So that's fine. But the fact that he's on there, you know, and he's being drilled into this vice and he's still not saying anything to defend himself that drove me nuts
1: yeah and all the people are just standing around watching and i'm thinking how do you as sort of these cult members square this idea of being free men and we're all brothers and all this stuff with this rack that drills people's brains out i mean i know it's 1905 and stuff's a lot more sort of visceral than it is today Mm -hmm. but that's still some crazy level stuff to me
0: and then i have two technical logistical issues that bother me one is did they have to build that table every time that was ridiculous right they they show you piecing it together and then hammering it together and then all i could think is how are you gonna get those wooden stakes back out Right. How are you going to break that sucker down? <laughs> and then the second thing was now you got like the black KKK in the back. What? was that? Oh, God. The, 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 that was creepy. Yeah. That definitely seemed just like, again, our costume designer had, you know, like, oh, it's a cult in this weird village. You know, again, turn of the century. How do I create this creepy culty kind of religious-ish costume I- and came up with that?
1: So their costumes, reminiscent of the black KKK, probably are more aligned to the Executioner, right? So, But they got didn't the do access. the
0: executing. They didn't even participate. No,
1: I know. But I think Quinn probably would have worn one. But, like, you had to see his mug and all his smugness going mm-hmm. on.
0: I just thought, again, it was a little bit – I mean, it was cool visually. It really was. And I thought that, right, sort of the statue, right, the mother with her black KKK – you know, guardians on other either side, and then the vice in the middle. You know, visually, that was impressive. That was amazing. But at the same time, you're just kind of going, Why? What? Again, what's going on here? You know, I thought this was supposed to be like a peace hippie. We're here. We're to love one another. Now you've got these crazy costumes. You've got a brain drilling vice thing out. And just, I just was like, again, we've gone down a whole nother path. We're on a whole nother level. This feels like a totally different movie, and now we're literally drilling somebody's brain out?
1: Yeah, I I think you get a little bit of that conversation with Frank and Malcolm down at the pier, which is happening at the same time this other stuff's happening. And on the first watch, it was a little confusing to me, but on second watch, it made much more sense because Malcolm actually goes into Frank's house, and there's a brief scene where he goes in, and it's empty. And he kind of like taps the uh the one bureau or whatever with his cane and the door opens and there's nothing in there and that's why he goes down to the pier because he realizes that frank's leaving so anyway they have that conversation where frank's like look it's over man like th- when this thing was about love and peace and you know flower children and all that stuff i was i was with you but now it's about crazy and i'm out
0: Yeah, I thought that was cool, but I also just felt like we didn't get, again, any of that back context of if the Black KKK was a new thing, or if that had just been there since the get-go.
1: Well, we knew it existed because they said the only person you can call for that purification was Malcolm. Right. So apparently there was at least one other person that did stuff so bad that Malcolm had to call for this sort of purification ritual, and I got the weird impression that when they put the rose petals or whatever it was inside the cranium, Mm -hmm. that there was... That there was going to be some sort of, like, rebirth, or, like, that it was going to grow and, like, take over their body and make them one with the island or something weird like that. But I guess it was just symbolic.
0: Oh, the whole thing's, like, just making me nauseous all over again, tell you the truth. And uh, exactly, like, the rose petal thing didn't really help or make any sense uh, within the larger scheme of things.
1: Frank and Thomas flee through the forest and eventually arrive at a barn where the goddess is being held. Frank enters and is killed by a masked figure, the grinder, who Thomas witnesses force-feeding Frank's blood to the goddess. Sneaking past the grinder, he finds his sister alive but strung up in a sack. As he releases her, he is knocked unconscious. When he awakens, he finds himself tethered to a meat grinding table by hooks embedded into his hands and legs. The grinder cranks a lever and Thomas is slowly pulled into the grinder. His hand is mangled before he is able to escape and kill the grinder. Quinn reveals to a captive Jennifer and Andrea that he imprisoned the goddess after he and Malcolm realized her powers. He tells the women that he will repeatedly impregnate them and sacrifice their babies to feed the goddess. Meanwhile, the goddess begs Thomas to set her free. He grants her wish by immolating her. The rest of the village catches fire and the villagers begin to flee to boats. Thomas tracks down Quinn and his captives. The three of them eventually overpower and kill Quinn, but not before Thomas sustains several stab wounds. He collapses, bidding Jennifer and Andrea farewell as they escape by boat also asking them to pray for him. Thomas's faith is restored and he is discovered by an injured Malcolm as his blood replenishes the land. The vegetation consumes him. They end up at the back of the barn and Frank's killed by the grinder who apparently is a pretty good shot with a shotgun.
0: How did he get the shotgun?
1: I guess he has it. I don't know yeah
0: <laughs> so again that was another like what's what's happening here moment i mean i don't even like as you guys already know i don't even like the grinder guy but i felt like his role was to protect the goddess and feed her and then suddenly he's like oh i got a sawed off shotgun and i'm gonna shoot one of the three leaders i was like what <laughs> what is happening
1: well i guess maybe it's a maybe it's a gun-free zone and anybody who comes in there with a weapon he's just supposed to kill because assume that they're going to try to kill the goddess i don't know But but anyway, after some sleuthing around, you know, Thomas gets knocked out and he ends up on the table with the grinder, gets his hand all mangled up, which I thought was pretty cool actually that they show that the mangling of his hand, one hand allows him to kind of get out with the other hand, which I thought Mm -hmm. was thoughtful as far as the scene goes.
0: Yeah, I thought it was too. I mean, it also made me laugh because you're like, well, how many times has this guy done this? Doesn't he know how to hook up a body <laughs> if he needs to <laughs> grind it?
1: Well, I assume it's dead bodies he's usually grinding, not live bodies. Maybe. Right? Because I don't know. the wiki's actually wrong here. It is not Frank he's force feeding the goddess to. Right. It's Jeremy. It's Jeremy. And he was half grinded. Yeah. Ground. Ground. Ground.
0: Ground. Yeah. Grinded? I know. But that was gross. And, and sad. It was really gross to see like half of his body. Yeah. Yeah. And sad. Um, but also. Just talking about the goddess because we haven't talked about her really yet. I thought that was cool how she was right vined up into the barn and um, obviously very sad that she was chained there. And you sort of see in his glimpses her younger and more lively. Vibrant. Self. Vibrant. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, fleshier version of the goddess, so to speak. And so it it was an interesting concept that they had her there and that theoretically that she wanted to feed off of blood, but then they started force feeding her blood and that, you know, she refused this bad blood, but then drank it so ravenously.
1: So it's like me and soda, right? Like I like soda and I should drink it you know, a little bit, Never. not too much, you know, <laughs> but, you know, access to a lot of it and it's bad for you, you know?
0: Yeah. But I mean, I don't understand the concept that she, as a goddess of the island, was being fed by blood in the first place. Right. Like, where does that come from? Right. And if like, is an abandoned island. Right. Why like, would she, she have any blood? Right. Well, there's
1: animals. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably animals on the island
0: indigenous point. animals yeah i mean you anyway. don't you don't
1: see them but there might be bear and deer and all kind of crazy stuff there for all i know
0: and she just here and there like pick off an animal and consume it
1: well it might not even be that she has to consume it i mean you have that that blood under the ground in that river i'm, I'm wondering if somehow it's just through nature animals kind of killing each other hunting feeding like that that life cycle normally feeds her but like they discovered that when they just like prime the pump and gave her blood directly it like activated her sort of growth powers
0: i thought that river of blood was completely man-made i got the impression that that was all of their blood sacrifices because you know obviously when an animal dies or anything like that just like you know dan richardson does in the end there it's
1: not dan richardson (laughs) it's dan stevens
0: i'm saying that because i actually know a dan richardson that's why it keeps coming up (laughs) um (laughs) You know, when when he's consumed by the earth, I mean, that's what happens, right? Your body dies, it decays into the earth, and, and that's fine. But it's not creating a river of
1: blood. No, I'm, I'm not saying the river of blood's natural. I'm just saying that she seems to be sustained somehow through the natural activity of the island. That's what I'm saying. And they're and it, circumventing that by just force-feeding her Gore.
0: I, I mean, I get it to a certain extent, but I still just feel like, ugh, I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense well, to me.
1: Well, look, if she fed off a dandelions, it wouldn't be much of a movie because they could just, you know, <laughs> force feed her dandelions and no one would die and everybody would be happy except for her.
2: Yeah, I think the sacrifices were being presented in the wrong way. So I don't know if the force feeding... It was the issue, or if they were supposed to be, here's one lamb once a year, but then, then they realized what her powers were. They're like, well, here's 50 lambs in a year, and then here's some humans, and that's when it got out of control.
1: Well, I think they said that she needed more, right? She's a, she's addicted, and all of a sudden, her powers just weren't coming out with one lamb that once a year, of- so it had to be more lambs, and then it was like lambs plus a little bit of blood, human blood, then it was like all the human blood, and at the end of it, Quinn's basically saying, now we need to give her live babies.
2: Right.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually thought Quinn's monologue to that point was one of the few things that actually made sense in this movie. Exactly. Sort of the escalation of her need for blood, her bloodlust. Um, one of the other random scenes in this that I enjoyed that I want to give a shout out to was when they looked out and they saw the bodies in the trees.
1: Which didn't make any sense to me.
0: See, I actually like that because I felt like, again, you're sacrificing the trees. You're impaling them like the trees can absorb. That's the goddess. You can absorb the blood through that.
1: But what they never... Talked about those people or who they were or why they were up there or what was going on.
0: No, but I mean, you don't talk about all the dead bodies that the grinder had and that was feeding them. I just figure it's more sacrifices. Yeah, it's again just them ramping up and up and up, and now they're impaling people on trees.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of against the whole idea. They had to force feed her specifically to get that power to work. From everything we saw, other than that, just randomly he looks up. And there's like all these bodies impaled in the trees. I don't really understand But it. to me,
0: she was the trees. She right. is the, or she is the trees. I mean, they're force feeding her into the gossip's mouth there. But
1: if if all you had to do was kill people on trees and you didn't have to have her chained up, they wouldn't have to chain her up. They could just kill people on trees and then that would. Be but what I think they that was like
2: their control of her to have her in that place, not being able to be mobile. Because at the end, when Dan Stevens or Richardson or whoever we want to call now, <laughs> <laughs> feeding the beast, um, dies, like the the ground starts to consume him. So I'm assuming that's I, her.
1: I didn't take it that he died. But let's 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 wait till we get there. Let's wait till we get there. So he gets out, he's with the with the goddess, she sticks her fingernails in his head and like injects some knowledge into him, right, about what happened. She tells Thomas, "Go ahead, burn me up." He burns her up and then he goes and he fights Quinn. What do you think about that last fight? I liked how I like I did appreciate how Thomas like just came out of nowhere and spikes him right in the throat. But then he still has enough strength. He's a big guy to fight him, fight him off. And then, of course, as soon as he gets shivved, as soon as Thomas gets shivved, you know he's yeah, he's, he's pretty not. much going to die, right? Yeah. He's not going to live.
0: Okay. I don't know where Thomas got that railroad spike from. So I was super confused about that. He comes in, the right?
1: Gr- the grinder. I don't
0: know. I, where did he get this? So then you can't even see it. Then he stabs, right, Quinn with something. And you're like, I don't know. You see it later. You're like, oh, it's literally like a railroad spike. So I didn't get that from the action scene, directorially that confused me, but Quinn shivving Thomas in the gut like six to eight times in a row was brutal. I mean, a lot of times you see somebody maybe like shiv somebody, they do like really like harsh stab wound, like right in the gut, and they just get him one time really hard and you're just like, Ugh. But this guy was just like merciless. I mean, chunk, 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 chunk. And you're just like, oh, oh my god, there goes your liver. Yeah. yeah same thing. Just like, oh, he's pretty donezo. But then again at the end scene where the girls pull Quinn and that railroad spike, you know, splits him down the <laughs> yeah. sternum was ridiculous again we're now back into the torture porn area physically that doesn't make any sense <laughs> no so you're just like this is just gratuitous and ridiculous and uh, i don't know i just again was like annoyed with that yeah i
1: know it's funny because the ladies their combined strength they're pulling both of them and then thomas just reaches up and grabs the railroad spike and he just kind of like leans back and it just <laughs> splits the guy in half and you're like that makes absolutely zero sense oh
0: my gosh yeah so i i didn't care for that as a whole
1: <laughs> the other thing um i wouldn't say it doesn't make any sense but what's interesting is is of course he burns down the barn and then the next scene the entire village is burning which i assume is just sort of like the goddess sort of cleansing the island because you then you also see at the very end the sort of river of blood comes out of the rocks rocks, and it's also burning so there's this whole cleansing thing going on Mm -hmm. yeah so then anyway the three of them end up you know going back trying to get back to the boat and thomas doesn't right he gets left behind the ladies get on the boat which of course then you have this lady right villager the only villager that like speaks aside Mm -hmm. from the couple people that we saw at the beginning. And she speaks two times. She speaks to the women when she's like, get in the boats, girls, you know, we got to go. And then she speaks to Thomas earlier in the in the movie when he, he's trying to get over to fight Quinn. And she's like, God bless you, Mr. Richardson, or something like that. I'm like, how does he know who she is? He was there for like 12 hours <laughs> or 48 hours and never spoke to anybody. Once again, scenes, I think, that existed that, got cut from the movie
0: and she says god bless you right so she's breaking cult character and talking about god not goddess yep and why would she say that to him you know does she know that he used to be a preacher or anything like that so
1: it's only there it's only there for him to be able to respond and also with you or whatever he says right to kind of like his (laughs)
0: and with your spirit yeah (laughs) exactly yeah
1: So anyway, um at the very end, he's laying in the grass and his blood kind of seeps out and it turns into like grass, right? And flowers. then the grass and flowers and the grass grows up. Now, I will say I did not interpret that to him dying. That is in my interpretation him becoming the new protector of the island if you will, cuz his eyes go kind of we- like that weird
0: catalytic yeah, yeah. blue.
1: Yeah, that blue white opaquey color. Mhm. Um, and he has like the things going into his cheeks like she did, mm-hmm. so that's that's him kind of. Yeah, it just assumed like
2: he himself dies, but his kind of
0: reincarnate.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. He's like somehow, re- yeah, he's like incarnated as the, as this goddess, god or goddess or whatever. Yeah,
0: I thought the same. He's becoming the new god or goddess of, of the island. I, also that the goddess is referring to him as my son, mm-hmm. gives him all that back knowledge, and then he does the same eyeball treatment. So I was like, okay. Although now you're not in a barn anymore. You're like li- literally in the middle of a field <laughs> near the cliffs. So oh, Well, I didn't sure. assume he
1: was stuck there. I thought he would eventually like swamp thing that. thing around and be able to leave or whatever yeah
0: she was mobile before she she was was chained so okay sure, yeah all right but here's
1: the interesting thing you have malcolm who shows back up and they both see the blood and like thomas looks at him and he looks at thomas and i'm thinking is is he just gonna take thomas and drag him back to some stump and chain him there and start the whole thing over again start force feeding him blood so that he can bring the island back
2: I feel like Quinn was the issue, not Thomas, not Malcolm. I'm sorry. You know, like, so Quinn was the one who was like, I want more and more and more. So maybe Malcolm is going to go back to like the true
0: roots of what his ideal was to begin with.
1: It was definitely weird that they left Malcolm alive.
0: Right. Yeah. And I definitely thought Malcolm was going to be pissed because he's not the new God. Right. Like, he put all that dedication into all that. And then Mr. Thomas newcomer gets chosen as the new God. I thought there was gonna be more of a reaction for Malcolm at the very least. It's fair they could be setting this up for an apostle too. I hope they get their act together a little bit more. (laughs) They need to listen listen to our podcast and fix those issues.
1: Well now that we've reviewed the movie, it's time to rate it. Only the best movies make it to the top of the hill, and to be the best, they have to perform in three categories. First, technical composition, which represents how well the movie is made, including the script, directing, cinematography, acting and effects. Second, impact, which represents how well the movie accomplished its emotional intent. Was it scary or funny? Did it make you question mankind or the nature of your reality? And three, enjoyment, which is pretty simple. How much did you enjoy the movie? Would you watch it again? Do you never want to see it again? All right, let's start with technical composition. Anne, do you want to start us off? What do you think about technical composition?
0: Okay, technically, overall, I thought it was pretty strong. Again, I thought that the actors did a good job. I thought that the shooting was good. Generally, directorially in the shots, I thought all that was well comp- composed. The costumes were actually generally pretty good, decent period pieces. The things that I will ding it for were poor CGI in some moments. And if we put plot holes in this category, yes, we're putting, okay, scripting. lots, lots of plot holes. And in that case, I'm changing my rating. Um, I had it without plot holes. I thought technical was pretty good. It was about a, at an 8. But considering all those issues I had throughout the movie, actually, I'm going to give it a 5. Um, I gave it a
2: 7. I agreed with a lot of what Anne said. I thought um, a lot of why I gave it a higher number was the the musical composition because I thought it also played really well into, like, the suspense. I did really enjoy, like, the scenery and the setup of all that. So I gave it a little bit of a higher rating because I was kind of giving – More of a forgiveness towards the plot holes. All
1: right. And I thought this movie had some beautiful shots, especially during the beginning and the initial journey to the island. Um, I also think the music was fantastic. Uh, But while the script was decent, uh, there's not a ton of dialogue in the movie for as long as the movie is, and the acting was good, the pacing of the movie had issues. There were plot holes. Um, I could really feel seams in the movie where I feel like there was a longer cut, but we were ultimately left with a film that works but struggles. And so I gave it a six. All right, let's move on to Impact. Helen, what did you think about the Impact?
2: I don't really know what the Impact was supposed to be because it had so many different varieties of horror. And I was kind of a little confused. So I I gave it a five. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything else. I guess you've heard enough of what I thought of it throughout.
0: (laughs) All right, so I thought, you know, very similarly, impact for me. there. There's really gruesome scenes, which at the end of the day, I don't think they made a lot of sense, but they left a lot of impact. So from that perspective, I had like really high impact. But then I just felt like, again, I was just so confused about what was going on and the plot holes and so much of it didn't make sense. So that dragged that way down for me because the whole time my brain's just Going, but why? And honestly, half the scenes I was laughing in because they were so ridiculous. So I give it a six.
1: Yeah, I felt the movie tried to say something about cults, uh, about giving over control, about losing faith, about the abuse of the environment, and a host of other things. So it was all over the place to me as far as what it was trying to say. And most of that didn't really pay off in any manner. And then you have this abrupt abrupt shift in the third act to this torture porn like straight up let's just get visceral and bloody and gore and i didn't think that helped any of the themes really so although the impact for the torture porn was great like you said and i didn't really feel like it supported the rest of the movie so i gave it an average five all right and finally let's go over enjoyment
0: man this was actually a tough one for me because Weirdly enough, and our listeners might not guess this, but typically I enjoy the really violent movies. For whatever reason, you know, even when we were doing a lot of the grinding and all that going on, it made me think about Hostel back in the day. And I actually really like the movie Hostel. You know, now that it's years, years later and you have kids and it really changes your perspective on things, maybe my taste has just changed but I just, to your point, Ray, the violence wasn't just gratuitous. It, it just didn't make sense. And it didn't really progress the plot that much. Overall, I was disappointed in this movie. I thought it was going to be way more. I hope that they don't make a second. And if they do, I hope they clean up all these issues with it. Enjoyment, I gave it a three. All right, Helen. I gave enjoyment a four. I wouldn't say
2: I disliked it as much as Anne um is claiming to dislike it (laughs) but um i did think that the maybe if they didn't have the grinder in there i would have liked it a whole lot better i just felt like that was the one thing that i thought they could leave out and i didn't need to necessarily see but everything else i thought was okay as far as the the torture porn part Uh, i don't know if i would watch this movie again but i I don't think i'd be opposed to it as far as like some other movies i've seen before i'm like absolutely not
1: I didn't particularly enjoy this movie. I understand what it was trying to do, and I applaud it for what it was trying to do. And I enjoyed aspects of it, like Dan Stevens' Crazy Eyes for the first 10 (laughs) times, and then not really after that, or the cinematography, which was, I think, excellent. Um, I also enjoyed the mythology of the movie as much as we got, like the idea of a goddess on an island. Like That's pretty unique, I think, out of a lot of horror movies that
0: I've seen. Other than Moana?
1: Well, is not, yeah, not a horror movie, but sure, and and Lost. I kind of thought of Lost at the end, but, but, but I watched this movie twice, and that's probably enough for me. I don't think I would revisit it, so I gave it a three.
0: <laughs> All right, so top of the house, um, on down uh, the line here, we've got Helen. You rated this movie an overall 5.3, so not too bad. I mean, middle of the road, right? Didn't love it, didn't hate it. You'd probably potentially watch it again. Um, weirdly enough, Ray and I rated this slightly just inverse of one another, but, uh, came out to the exact same score of a 4.6 or a rounding of 4.7 for this. So just under average for the two of us. All right. So that brings the apostle in at a whopping 4.88.
1: All right. Well, that does not put it at the top of the hill. That's still Annabelle with a score of 7.33. But it does put it above movies such as 13 Ghosts and Evil Dead 2. (laughs) And i got to be honest with you. Evil Dead 2, I do like that movie more than this movie.
2: (laughs) That is true. Not me. (laughs) That's true.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, help us grow our audience. Rate and review us on iTunes. And please share with your friends and family on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media platforms. Give us a shout out to tell us how we're doing or suggest movies to review. You can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at Hilltop Horror. I want to thank you for joining us for this episode of Hilltop Horror Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ray Richards, and on behalf of my co-hosts, thank you for listening, and I hope you'll join us next time.